This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. It is tournament week in tournament town. And you are listening to WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. But before we dive into all the hoop, Derek Carr has found a new home in the NFC South. However, it's with the New Orleans Saints, not the Carolina Panthers. And this really shouldn't surprise you. The Saints were always a better fit. Their general manager and coach a little bit more desperate, maybe a lot a bit more desperate than Carolina's staff is. Carolina just brought in a new coaching staff. There's the Dennis Allen connection. Dennis Allen was once the Raiders head coach. His last year in Oakland, he drafted Derek Carr back in 2014. And going back to the desperation point, they gave him a $100 million guaranteed. A $150 million contract, according to Ian Rappaport. Some of the numbers that are being put out there over four years. I don't know if Carolina wanted to go that far. New Orleans is willing to do that. Thus, he's a saint. As for the Panthers, though, this signing means Carolina is officially setting its sights on drafting a quarterback. Just think about it this way. If Carolina really wanted Carr, and they put an offer side-by-side with New Orleans, do you think he's choosing the Saints over the Panthers? Because I don't. Carolina was in touch with Carr. There were reports that Derek Carr had a phone call with the Panthers earlier today before the news came that he was a saint. Carolina's situation was much more appealing than New Orleans, and it still is. Offensive coach, much closer to winning, better salary situation, DJ Moore to throw the ball to. Apparently the Panthers are in the McCole Hardman sweepstakes, so their weapons are only going to get better. A good offensive line. These are things that Carolina has that quarterbacks obviously will be thinking about. And after being irrelevant largely his entire tenure with the Raiders, winning is a priority for Derek Carr now. And Carolina offers a better package, a better path to winning than New Orleans does. The issue certainly wasn't term. 32 years old. We heard Frank Reich last week say five years. Oh, yeah, five years with Derek Carr. He's got five great years left. And it was a four-year contract. So maybe the price was a problem. Who knows? We'll never probably get that answer. But it certainly wasn't term. And if Carolina really wanted Derek Carr and didn't want Derek Carr to go to a division rival, I think Carolina is making the move today and Derek Carr is choosing the Panthers over New Orleans. It's also not a coincidence that this news drops right after the combine. Carolina, they evaluated everything in Indianapolis. They gathered a lot of information, not just on the prospects. There's the obvious stuff that we can all see on TV. Oh, man, look at Anthony Richardson, how he can sling it. Let's try to break down some of those cone numbers for the quarterback. Couldn't care less about that. Will Levis, he... Loves himself. Oh, boy. He's got that howitzer, this great arm, and he showed it off on Saturday. We saw most of the quarterbacks throw. So that's the stuff we can all consume. But the most important information comes from the fact that all the scouts, GMs, coaches, and, in fact, owners are largely in Indianapolis together in a laid-back setting. So... If you want to figure out what the price is to move up, the price is to do business, going up from number nine to number five or three or to the number one pick, that's information that you gather over the last week. And that's what the Panthers have been doing. They've been doing their homework and kind of getting a feel for what it would be, what, what it would require to get one of those top draft choices. And what it signals to me, the Derek Carr signing, is that Carolina was content. Carolina is content with what the price is in order to do business and get their guy. We've mentioned before that their staff has rookie quarterbacks stamped all over it. Why would you put together this expensive all-star staff that's so good 
at coaching up quarterbacks, teaching up quarterbacks just to sign a 32-year-old? Why would you bring in Jim Caldwell and a Sean McVay disciple to be your offensive coordinator and Josh McCown and Frank Reich, an offensive background coach, just to bring in somebody who doesn't need to be coached up? This staff has young quarterback written all over it. So now it's about what team Carolina can do business with to move up or whether or not they feel they can get their guy at nine. The two teams to keep an eye on for Scott Fitterer, Chicago and Arizona. If you want to take the biggest swing, you get the top pick. And there are reports saying Carolina is strongly investigating that idea. If you like the evaluation of three guys, Young, Stroud, Levis, Richardson, then get to the number three pick. Trade with Arizona, who is looking for pieces and is not looking for a quarterback at this time. The Panthers, they are officially set on drafting a quarterback. That is the takeaway from the Derek Carr news from their end. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, if you want in, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Will Dalton is the executive producer of this show. And we have the video stream up on YouTube, Twitch, and on Twitter. If you're watching there, you're rewarded right now because in studio, shout out to the folks at Applebee's. They've sent us Applebee's t-shirts spelled with a Y in honor of Wake Forest point guard Ty Applebee. I got fired up. And we're going to be giving away three t-shirts in our next hour three t-shirts in addition to applebee's gift cards so make sure you're around to win those a little bit later on in the show thanks to the folks at applebee's for sending those in wd you gotta like they look the gear it does and you have the number one wake Uh number on the back it's fantastic. If you're a Wake Forest fan, that's something that you're going to want. Shifting the conversation a little bit, though. WD and I were at North Carolina Duke on Saturday. And it was one of those games where the result was not good for the ACC at large, but it was great for the Duke-Carolina rivalry. And I'll explain why. Let's start with the bad. When people come up to me and say, do you want the good news or the bad news? I've got good news and bad news. What do you want for... I always say bad news. So let's start with the bad news. North Carolina's NCAA tournament hopes are shot. They're going to have to win the NCAA tournament to get in, I think, or the ACC tournament, I beg your pardon. They'd have to beat Virginia. Beat Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who sings it? I have no clue. The song by Train is Meet Virginia. Oh. Beat Virginia. Probably have to beat Boston College, too. Boston College in your first game, which isn't a gimme, in my opinion. And even if you do beat Virginia, there is a Friday game that you have against probably Clemson, which isn't a top 50 team in the net, which is not a quad one win. And there's a chance it could even be Virginia Tech. You kind of have to root for NC State to be in that spot if you want to feel good about two quad one wins going into the championship game. So it's not likely that you're going to get that. I don't think a win against Virginia is going to be enough. So if you have to get to Saturday just to get to a second quad one opportunity and you need that other quad one opportunity, simple math or simple logic tells you, yeah, you got to win the tournament. That's where I think North Carolina is. And it's sweet, sweet revenge for Duke. It's not as big as the Final Four. It's hard to imagine anything bigger than knocking out Coach K in New Orleans. But it is significant. Preseason number one team, home finale for many of those guys that knocked off Coach K, and they lose. Guys like Armando Baycott. Armando. And Licky Black and Caleb Love. R.J. Davis could be their last time at the Smith Center. And the guy who probably enjoyed it the most was Jeremy Roach, one of the two players back from last year's Duke team. Here he was in the locker room when I caught up with him. I mean, obviously, I mean, down the stretch last year, they beat us, beat us twice in some two, two crucial moments. Uh, so we kind of wanted to, I mean, for me personally, I, I mean, I, I definitely wanted to kind of get, get back at them. Um, we knew it was going to be a tough game. I mean, obviously, the first game was a tough game. They're, they're a hell of a team. Uh, it's going to be a fight every time, but I'm just happy we came out with the win. It was good for the rivalry because the rivalry 
it now feels like banks or airlines, something that's too big to fail. It's not about one coach or one tandem going head-to-head. Hubert Davis had his moments against Coach K last year, and now John Shire's 2-0 in big moments. He has him. That's great for the rivalry. That's great moving forward, and it's a reminder that over the last 30, 35 years, there's always been an inverse in this rivalry. That's what makes it so great. Duke can win back-to-back national titles in 91 and 92, but Carolina will answer in 93, the year after that second K title, by winning in New Orleans. And when K has the bad back and Guthridge is going to the Final Four in 2000, K will respond with a title in 2001. When Roy arrives and you have the next guy in Chapel Hill and he wins it in 2009, John Shire and company win it in 2010. When Carolina's dealing with AFAM stuff and Duke has the USA basketball coach and that recruiting advantage and they win it in 15. Carolina responds with Final Fours in 16 and 17 and that title in Phoenix. So it shouldn't surprise anybody that Carolina seems to have, air quote, ended the rivalry by winning in New Orleans, that there's an inverse. And it's Duke delivering a death blow to the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill and John Shire taking his first two games. And the rivalry is Duke's coach. You're on the drive with Josh WSJS. Let's take you back a couple of months. Wes Durham joined the show and said, Josh, I remember when I, in the 90s, would go out to Greensboro at the ACC tournament. In the parking lot, I'd see folks doing ACC tournament drafts. And... It's one of his favorite memories. In the parking lots, you'd have fans trying to follow the tournament throughout the week. They'd have guys to follow even when their teams get knocked out. So we said we would commit to that and we'd get great guests to be involved in an ACC tournament draft. And we've accomplished that with Brendan Marks from The Athletic joining us, Connor O'Neill in studio, who covers, of course, the Deeks and the Blue Devils. Jeffrey Griffin is on the phone from Triad Today. Will Dalton's (laughs) going to play with us as well. Brendan, I'm going to surprise you with this. I just surprised uh, Connor with uh, this as well. In addition to winning a $100 uh, cash card, the winner will also get a Thai Applebee Applebee's t-shirt and an Applebee's gift card, courtesy of our friends at Applebee's locally. That's another addition to the prize, Brendan. I hope that's something that you will uh, cherish if you're able to win it anything but win and uh, that t-shirt there's already a spot picked out for it in my closet so connor already looks much cooler than i do so he certainly doesn't need it okay now let's get to the proceedings i've randomized the draft order connor o'neill's picking first picking second is brendan marks i'm picking third jeffrey's picking fourth and wd's picking fifth in a snake style draft so this is the ground rules we're gonna get six players a piece and We're going to chart the counting stats, points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. Whoever has the most by the end of the week wins. I guess the strategy part is finding guys you think will stick around for two, three, maybe four games, if you find somebody on Tuesday or Wednesday, that is. And we'll see how this thing shakes out. Connor O'Neill is the first pick in. The strategy is not letting you see my cheat sheet here. All right. I, I loved it. First pick, Jordan Miller. Woo! Jordan Miller, the first pick from Miami. Ineligible to be ACC Player of the Year and number one off the board for the tournament. Does that mess up Brendan Mark's second pick? It doesn't, and and I'm not going far from home. If you want to give me my music. All right. Who do you got? I am going to go with fellow Miami Hurricane Isaiah Wong and who I am expecting to be voted as ACC Player of the Year. Come on home, baby. It's funny you should mention a couple of Miami guys because with the third pick, the pick is in, WD. I'm going to go with Omir, Norchad Omir, from Miami as well. I think a lot of us like Miami to potentially win this tournament, so that's why we're taking Miami guys at the top. Jeffrey Griffin, who's your first pick? Give me the big fella from Chapel Hill. I want Baycott. Woo! Armando! He stole my pick. 
That's incredible. But you got two in a row here. And also, he has the ability to play four if he goes on a run. Who's your first pick, WD? Give me Filipowski. Kyle Filipowski from Duke. And then wrapping it back around for the second round. Jarkel Joyner. Jarkel Joyner from Mm. NC State. Some local flavor from you two, which means Jeffrey Griffin is back up. Are you going to continue the local feel, Jeffrey? For Quavion Smith of NC State. Oh, a couple of guys playing on Wednesday. So Turks off the board, Jarkel, Filipowski, and Baycott. Is it going to be five consecutive in-state guys? I'm going to tell you it's not. (laughs) I'm going to go... Uh, my pick, oh, actually, I think... We've got some scrambling going on behind the scenes here. I'm going to go with uh, Nigel Pack. I'm going to continue the Miami flavor. we got four Miami guys off the board in the first eight picks. Nigel Pack is the fourth, uh, is the third pick of the second round. He's my second Hurricane on the team. Brendan Marks, you're up next. I'm going to be honest here, boys. I'm torn between two people. I really am. And and I, I've got some thorough research here on this handy-dandy notepad. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, I'm going to try and go for longevity. And with the pick, we're going to go with Jaden Gardner from Virginia. Oh! See, that's where the counting stats of blocks, maybe some steals could potentially help you there. Connor, it's back to you. I want to stay in the Carolinas, and I want to go P.J. Hall. I say stay in the Carolinas. My first guy was a Miami guy. but Yeah, we saw some news out of Clemson today that Hemingway is out for the rest of uh, the tournament at least. Let me go ahead and scratch him off here. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, P.J. Hall, you got another pick, Connor. I got another pick. Uh, I want Jamarius Burton. Oh, there was no chance he was going to get past Brendan, I'm sure, with this next pick. But Jamarius is off the board from Pitt. Who's next, Brendan? I think this might be a little controversial. I'm, I'm going for counting stats again. I'll take Jeremy Roach, please. Jeremy Roach from Duke is gone. I'm going to take the lead from Connor and go back to the Pitt Panthers. Blake Henson is my pick. Blake Henson off the board too so i don't have anybody from the carolinas on my team thus far i'm fine with that jeffrey griffin you've got baycott and Terquavion smith who's next uh from clemson territory hunter tyson that's an excellent pick. that was my other clemson guy on that's a steal that's a steal it really is <laughs> he got him with the fourth pick of the third round okay wd let's uh, wrap up round three rj davis R.J. Davis is off the board for WD. How many Tar Heels do you have? That's it. Okay, you've got three guys from the state, though, yeah. along with uh, Filipowski and Jarkel. He Joyner. was griping about Jeffrey getting Baycott right before him. I, that's true. I that was. Was, that's probably why you think he has more than one. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start the fourth round with WD in the snake draft. Who are you going with? Give me Derek Lively. He's going Ooh. all tobacco road. Was uh-huh. was Derek Lively on your big board, uh, Connor? He was. That's. Uh-huh. I mean, counting stats. You want to talk about some blocks and rebounds? Yeah, he's he, not going to fill up the points, but he might get eight blocks against uh, whomever they play in their first game, whether it be Wake or Syracuse, or excuse me, it'd be Pittsburgh in that bracket. Got to get things straight before tomorrow. Jeffrey, who do you got next? Mr. Franklin from UVA. Armand Franklin. Believe it or not, he's the leading scorer for Virginia, I believe. <laughs> that would have been like my fifth guess. <laughs> I think Armand Franklin is the leading scorer. <laughs> that means I'm up, and you guys, I'm going to take a bit of a swing here. I'm going to go with Grant Basile from Virginia Tech. Grant Basile, who's playing tomorrow, I think that they are good enough. They potentially could get to Thursday and facing Clemson. Who knows? You might get four, five games. They're on a four-game winning streak okay, in this not event. five games. Let's not be crazy. But they are the defending <laughs> ACC champs. Grant Basile from Virginia Tech is my pick in the fourth round. Brendan Marks, you're up. 
I'm going to go back to Tobacco Road. I would like Mr. Mark Mitchell, please. Mark Mitchell, who's really been playing well of late, was in double figures against North Carolina on Saturday. Connor O'Neill, you've got two in a row. Use it. Use, use my stat on Mark Mitchell. They're 13-1 and one when he scores at least 10. Hey. <laughs> I'm going on the same team. I want Tyrese Proctor. Proctor. Nice. Off the board. You've got... How many point guards do you have? You that is your point guard. You're actually putting together like a really good five man team. When right you were now. reading off the three, I was thinking like, you know, this is positionless basketball, but we all have kind of the makings of a nice starting rotation here. Yeah, you really do. I like yeah. it. Okay, how are you going to pick here in the fifth round? I'm winding it around with Reese Beekman. Reese Beekman from Virginia off the board. Brendan Marks, you're up again. You know, I, I think this might be controversial, but I love the guy so much I have to pick him. Come on home, DJ Burns. Come on home. <laughs> That's just a fun one to root for. Good pick. DJ Burns from NC State. Man, I'm going to have to do this. I'm up. Screw it. Ty Appleby. Ah. Ty Appleby. So I have a rooting interest on Wednesday. Let's end Jim Beheim's career. On Wednesday in Greensboro, I've got a shirt with his name on it. Yes, it's Ty Appleby. That's the pick for me. So I've got, oh man, my five-man lineup is a is an interesting one. Let's go to Jeffrey Griffin now. Jeff, did I take Jeffrey? Did I take Ty Appleby off the board for you? Uh, he was down a little bit, but that's all right. I'm gonna go with Chase Hunter from Clemson. Chase Hunter. If you want to talk counting stats. That guy. I like Chase Hunter a He's lot. He's a compiler. Good pick. Good pick. For sure. Uh, you chose the right Hunter. Actually, do you have the other Hunter too? Hunter Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> you got got Chase Hunter and you got Hunter Tyson. Pretty good work on yeah. Jeffrey's part. WD, your last two picks. Nellie Cummings, Pittsburgh. Mm. And give me Judah Mintz, Syracuse. Judah Mintz, Syracuse. Your final pick. I'll recap the lineups when we finish up this round. But, Jeffrey, you have one more pick here. Kihei Clark, UVA. Oh, I thought that Clark was going to fall to be there. Okay. So, he's got Kihei Clark. (sighs) Man, I actually kind of have to think for a second (laughs) looking at this board because you guys have taken a lot of the guys that I really like. Okay, man, I hate to do this. Actually, I don't. I'm going to do it, though. (laughs) WD, you have a drop of me saying what school in your board Uh, over there. Boston College. I'm going to take Quentin Post. (laughs) I'm going to take Quentin Post from Boston Boston College College because they play Louisville tomorrow, which means I'm guaranteed two Quentin Post games. And who knows? With this Carolina team, you feel good about any game that the Heels are playing? Quentin Post, BC. I've got two guys who are playing on Tuesday on my team. I don't know if that's a good strategy. Brendan, you're up. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to have a vested interest in you being wrong about Wednesday, Josh. Because oh, no. I'm taking Jesse Edwards, baby. Oh! Come on. I thought you were going to go Tuesday with L. Ellis, but yeah. no. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse Edwards leads the league in blocks uh, by a considerable margin, I think. I, mean, I think it's him and Derek Lively. Okay, Connor. I got to end us here. This is the last pick oh, of God. our first ever ACC tournament draft. There's a huge name still on the board who hasn't been taken, and I can't wait to see if Connor is the one who ultimately <laughs> makes this choice. <laughs> A huge name? Who are, you, who are you talking about now? I think You're I, trying to I throw think, me. I think I know who he's You're talking You're throwing about. me for a loop. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking about. I am not going there. <laughs> not with a 10-foot pole. Oh, no oh, chance. Yeah. yeah, come on. No Say way. It. Just take him. Never. Say it. Uh-huh. Just take him. Uh, the last name does start with the same letter, but I'm going Nate Lashevsky. Oh! Nate Lashevsky is the last. Just get me two games, Notre Dame. Just get me, get me that Mike Bray farewell win in Greensbury. Oh, okay. Any surprises to you, Brendan Marks, on this list thus far? That are guys that weren't taken. 
So I went through and I tried to calculate where some guys are at counting stats. And by far, the highest counting stats player left on the board who I think could win multiple games is a one Caleb Love, who was not selected by any of our teams. <laughs> yeah. Um... I like how our minds were kind of in the same place. Okay, so let me tell everybody the teams that we have. And WD will put out a graphic that we'll update every day on it. Again, the gift card from Applebee's and the $100 cash card is a part of this. The Applebee's t-shirt is a part of this as well. Connor O'Neill's team looks like this. Jordan Miller in the backcourt from Miami, along with Tyrese Proctor, Reese Beekman, and Jamarius Burton. In the post, you got P.J. Hall and Nate Leshewski in that lineup as well. That's your six-man lineup. Brendan Marks has Isaiah Wong from Miami, along with Jeremy Roach Duke, Mark Mitchell Duke, DJ Burns in the post, Jaden Gardner and Jesse Edwards rounding things out. I've got Norchad O'Meara in the post from Miami, along with Nigel Pack from Miami, Blake Henson as a small forward, Grant Basile in the post, Ty Appleby at point guard, and Quentin Post coming off my bench. Armando Baycott. Armando. The first pick for Jeffrey, along with Terquavion Smith, Hunter Tyson from Clemson, Armand Franklin, Virginia, Chase Hunter from Clemson, and Kihei Clark, who Steve Warps calls Kiwi Clark for some reason, from Virginia. And Will, to round things out, has Kyle Filipowski, Jarkel Joyner, RJ Davis, Derek Lively, Nellie Cummings, and Judah Mintz as your six players let us know who has the best draft we'll put that out on social media a little bit later on check this out we're on at five the perfect blend of sports and pop culture happens this evening at six with the rich eisen show okay let's get this show now back to the drive with josh graham Even though the Blue Devils won the first matchup and the Blue Devils are playing better basketball than anybody in the ACC right now, you should expect tomorrow to be a completely different game than the one we saw in Cameron. North Carolina's going to win this time. Now Roach open in the corner and he'll bury it. Roach splits the defense and lays it in. Derek Lively, fantastic defensively in that first game. But now North Carolina knows what he looks like. Black with the rebound. He's going to have to rebound all game long. Whoa. And Derek Lively, the second, with an early statement. It's going to be a completely different game than the first one. I like North Carolina to win the game by seven. Carolina does not get that win that they were desperately seeking. Duke comes in here and sweeps the regular season series. In the arms of I still don't regret picking North Carolina. What we talked about Friday, can you hold your own on the boards? Can you get to the free throw line with Armando Baycott more than Armando. seven times? Carolina tied in rebounds, Duke. They got to the free throw line an ample amount of times. What they didn't get that they needed was Caleb Love doing his part and Caleb had his worst performance in seven career games against Duke I think finished with 11 points in the game we could spend more time talking about Duke and North Carolina in just a little bit we also have Ty Appleby Appleby's t-shirts to give away but the ACC awards have just been announced in the last five minutes so, WD, let's get to every single category here. Just run through it quickly for those who weren't watching the ACC network just now. The player of the year in the ACC is Isaiah Wong from Miami. Second in the voting, Ty Appleby from Wake, leading the league in points and in assists. I was surprised by this because you were kind of worried how he might Hadn't do. been playing well down the stretch. His team's not going to make the NCAA tournament. Those are things that can work against you. So Wong, that's the right choice. Best scorer, best defender on the best team in the ACC. In a mess of voting where a lot of guys got votes, Wong was the best choice. 
Coach of the year goes to John. Just kidding. <laughs> Was just wanting to see uh, your reaction over there. It's Jeff Cable. This it was a lock that it was going to be Capel just because of how this award generally works. How are you picked in the preseason? And where do you end up from there? It shouldn't be that way because you go back to who picked on the media voting, you know, most, if you ask 75% of the people in Charlotte when they voted their ACC preseason poll to name a basketball player on Pitt, they probably would be unable to do so. 75%. And I'll own it. I, I didn't know anybody on Pitt. I didn't. And I followed the ACC about as closely as anybody. So why should that carry weight at the end of the year? Why? The thing that I actually have the most issue with on, these, on this voting here is that John Shire did not receive a Coach of the Year vote. That's surprising. He didn't receive a vote when he was a Virginia disaster away from having the best team in the league in his first year. Like, they would be the number one team in the... They'd have the number one seed in Greensboro if it wasn't for that debacle where a statement had to be put out that the refs got it wrong in Charlottesville. And he did that in his first year with all these young guys and all the injuries that he's dealt with. Not one vote. I take issue with that. He would have been my vote. I don't have a vote. And this year, I'm kind of glad I don't because... The whole ACC is such a mess to try and figure out, but that didn't seem right that John Shire didn't get a vote. No recognition whatsoever. Defensive Player of the Year, Reese Beekman from Virginia. Oh, I guess all the voters are haters now, right? ABC crowd. Oh, clearly. Leaky Black by a mile based on what? Oh, he locks down dudes. Great. Where's that stat? Where's the lockdown dudes stat? Because Reese Beekman also has that stat. And his team is the best defensive team in the ACC. And his team, or he, didn't let Mark Mitchell go for double digits on Saturday. And Linky Black also, I know this isn't defense, putting up 16 shots, more than anybody on North Carolina, seven three-point attempts. That wasn't great either. Wasn't great. So I think... Reese Beekman was the right choice for Defensive Player of the Year. This was an easy one. Rookie of the Year goes to Kyle Filipowski. Don't even know who else was in the running there. <laughs> I don't even see the Sixth Man of the Year. Do they do the Sixth Man of the Year anymore? Trying to find that award. Oh, it's Nike Sabandi from Pittsburgh. He got the award. There are really only three players it could have gone to. Sabandi, Ben Vanderplas from Virginia, and Ryan Young. Most improved player goes to Quentin Post from BC. How? How does that not go to Hunter Tyson? Hunter Tyson's first team all ACC. That guy became a real dude when he was not that a year ago. How does that not go to... Anyway. Maybe there's the one issue I have. There's the one issue that Hunter Tyson isn't most improved. But getting to the first team all ACC, this was, I felt, the hardest thing to try and figure out. How do you, what do you do with Filipowski, the two state guys, Wong, Armando Baycott, Armando, Burton at Pitt, PJ Hall, and Hunter Tyson at Clemson? What do you do with those nine guys? Because all of them you could make an argument for for being first team all ACC. What do you do with them? This is what the voters decided. Wong, obviously. Appleby, who was second in the voting for player of the year. Baycott, we said that he was a lock. He is first team all ACC. Hunter Tyson from Clemson. Jamarius Burton from Pitt. The biggest surprise, I guess, other than the most improved player, which doesn't really matter in my opinion. The biggest surprise of all the awards is that the voters gave the nod to Hunter Tyson and Jamarius Burton for first team all ACC over a couple of in-state guys. Because there's this reputation with the voting that, oh, it's always tobacco road slanted and all that. Well, Kyle Filipowski and Jarkel Joyner Antiquavion Smith 
are relegated to the second team. I thought Flip was going to get in over Hunter Tyson, and he didn't. So good job on the voters. I have no issues, no qualms, really, with this entire list, except for John Shire not getting a coach of the year vote and Tony Bennett getting two. Someone will have to explain that to me like I'm five. I thought Flip would be a lock for first team. No. I really did. That was, The problem is there are a lot of games Flip puts up numbers and you kind of are surprised when you look at the stat sheet. Whoa, he he did that? <laughs> Which it sounds like a good thing. That, that's a compliment, but it's not. Like if you are watching a basketball game and sitting there courtside and you're not noticeable. That, yeah. And there are times that happens with him. I want to see what the voting was for Defensive Player of the Year. Reese Beekman got 29 votes. Leaky Black got 18. So it was, it was pretty sizable. Pretty convincing. Don't shoot the messenger, but it feels like folks here at the radio station like to hear you guys sing. They do. So when we get a great prize in our studio and Applebee's just sent us some shirts here, Thai Applebee shirts, there are only a few of these available. Like, I don't know if there are any other Thai Applebee's I just said Thai Applebee's. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know if there are any other Thai Applebee Applebee's t-shirts that are available. In fact, they told me they printed some shirts specially for us that they mailed out to us here. If you want one, all you got to do is call in and sing. And WD, I think that we give away the first three people who call in and sing will get t-shirts. It's not stacking people up against each other. If you sing well, there has to be extra incentive to sing well, or else people will just come in and sing, you know, something easy, 10 seconds long, take their t-shirt and run away. And technically they will run through that loophole. Don't be that person though. <laughs> if you're going to call in and sing to win the t-shirt and Applebee's gift cards, then Entertain the triad. Like a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> or someone in our office earlier today when we pitched this idea started singing that Fancy Like Walker Hay song. Fancy Like Applebee's on yeah. a late night. Something, something with an Oreo shake. So 336-777-1600. If you want exclusive Thai Applebee merch, Applebee's with a Y, T-shirts, with Applebee's gift cards attached to the prize pack, 336-777-1600, the first few to call in and sing for us and entertain the triad, will get said T-shirts. And if somebody's really good, we'll find a way to reward you. We have a great treasure chest, treasure chest of prizes. Speaking of Ty Applebee, this is really a celebration of Ty because he is first-team All-ACC. Runner-up for player of the year. Has had one heck of a season as the ACC awards were just announced. In addition to that, though, all I continue to see are angry Tar Heel fans. This is the moment of the show I like to call Josh looks at his mentions. And all I see on social media, I'm super bummed about the fact Leakey didn't win defensive player of the year. There are folks that are still mad about how Saturday ended. And I wonder who Carolina fans are more upset at. Is it Hubert Davis or is it Leaky Black or is it Caleb Love? Leaky Black's likable enough. I don't think even though he attempted 16 shots that people are really that charged up at him. It seems to me Caleb and Hubert are getting the brunt of the blame and it's probably warranted. Caleb, he didn't do his job. The rest of the guys seem to have done their jobs. North Carolina was even on the boards with Duke. We talked about how important that was. North Carolina got to the free throw line in a way they didn't in Durham. K 
Caleb Love just didn't deliver. He didn't get to his career average of 15 points, which in the first six meetings with Duke, he's done four times. He's exceeded that total. And in all four of those games, North Carolina has won. He didn't do that, and he was 0 for 6 from 3. So from that standpoint, I get the blame there. The blame for Hubert, it's mostly circumstantial, but it's damning nonetheless. How does Leaky Black attend 16 shots? Some are saying, who's the alpha on this team to tell Caleb Love that he shouldn't be pulling up and taking those terrible shots? Some are saying, it should be Armando. Armando. It should be you. It's not Armando's job to coach the team. Hubert's the one that should tell Caleb Love, and Caleb Love should listen. So really, it's equal blame. Maybe? Between Caleb and Hubert? Yeah. But then, end of the game. I'm telling you as you're sitting next to me, it's a three-point game. Caleb's either going to take a quick three here or they're going to try and get a two and you want to do it two-for-one style so that way you don't have to foul in the next possession. And they did neither of those things. They ended up with some weird running shot from right of the lane from R.J. Davis and it didn't go. And I had some Carolina fans send me video of the Carolina bench as this is happening and they seemed completely disengaged. Like we're not very excited about what was happening even as they had a chance to tie the game in that moment in front of a great crowd and a great environment in Chapel Hill. So it feels like that's where the blame should probably go first to the coach and then to Caleb Love. Let's get to some singers. This is for a Thai Applebee t-shirt. Again, this is exclusive, y'all. And I think we've got medium, large, extra large, and double XL shirts that we can give away here as supplies last. Let's go to Julius and Winston-Salem is up first. Julius, turn down your radio and belt away something. Hi. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Just a city boy, born and raised in South Detroit. He took the midnight train going anywhere. I want more. (laughs) I thought he was going to give it to us. (laughs) It's pretty good. A singer in a... No. All right. Julius, you got the tickets. Okay. So put him on hold. That's a little bit of don't stop believing. I was trying to see how far he could go until it got too high, him trying to sing Journey. (laughs) That's all I was trying to figure out. It was a journey for all of us. Let's go to Andy in High Point. Andy, I know you're a huge Deke fan, so you're going to have to earn this T-shirt we've got here. Andy, give me something. All right. You ready? Oh, born ready. Hey, come on, come on, take a ride. There's a party over there that ain't no job. It's live, live. It's all the way live. Don't even have to walk. Don't even have to drive. Just slide, glide, slippity slide. Just forget about your troubles and your nine to five. And just sail on. That's what you do. You just sail on. Now, the groove's so funky. Hey, what do you think? What is it called? It's called the Lakeside Sting. Come along and ride on a fantastic voyage. I'm the captain of this vessel. We want to take you on a cruise all around the land. Music is at hand. We want to play it for you. Your crew of entertainers jam to the music, jam to the beat. Don't let it restrain you. All right, I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> you've done a lot you should have just dropped the mic yep. it's outstanding i didn't see that coming i wasn't ready as somebody who loves 90s hip-hop and loves coolio fantastic voyage i didn't think you had that in your arsenal andy i really didn't but you deserve the t-shirt oh. there okay let's go to paul and winston-salem who's up next paul it seems like you got this in the bag. There's a t-shirt here. You got through between all the other people that called. As long as you belt out a song and it's pretty darn good, this exclusive Ty Appleby t-shirt is yours. So go right ahead. All right, y'all. It's me, Ty 
incredible you it's not impossible in he fact you got music. you've got the t-shirt and uh you're also pandering to me it feels like all everybody's pandering to me right now with coolio and also with taylor swift yes yes you can have a t-shirt paul in winston-salem so there you go wd we've got some winners there some deserving winners of applebee's gift cards and applebee's t-shirts and that's Applebee's spelled with a Y. Ty Applebee. WD. I don't have five t-shirts, but those are three. And Ty Applebee. I got five, though. Get to get done. We'll have to uh, greet Ty Applebee with one of these shirts tomorrow. I think so. I think we're going to... There's a chance we'll get Coach Forbes and Kevin Keats on the show tomorrow. I think that's the plan, but we'll see what how things shake out when we end up at the Greensboro Coliseum. We will be broadcasting there Tuesday through Friday. Thanks to all the callers and the winners of these T-shirts. Okay, getting back to North Carolina's loss. So Caleb Luff, again, didn't have a great game. You could blame him for the loss. Now, talking about his legacy is an interesting thing because the analogy I made a couple of months ago was that Caleb Love is North Carolina's Austin Rivers. And does it feel that way? Doesn't it feel that way even more than ever after watching how it might end them not making the NCAA tournament? Like, think about this. Yesterday, I was at the Nikki Glazer show in Greensboro, and I was with a Duke fan. And walking out of the building, we were talking about, walking out of Tanger Center, we were talking about this topic. And I asked him, as a Duke fan, what do you think of when you think of Austin Rivers? One, two, three. And he said, the shot. And of course, that's what you think of. You think of the shot. But how did things end for that Duke team? Well, it ended in Greensboro in the first round in a 2-15 upset. The worst NCAA tournament loss that Duke's ever had was with Austin Rivers at point guard. It was that team. But we don't think about that when we think of Rivers, do we? First thing we think of is the shot. And I think, especially now as it's coming on the end, and I do think that Caleb Love's finished in Chapel Hill. I don't think he's going to come back for another year. We are going to remember Caleb Love for the shot he hit in New Orleans in this rivalry more than anything else. They're similar players. They'll take bad shots. They'll be frustrating to play with by their teammates. There's some body language stuff. There was some body language stuff on that Duke team, just like there's been some body language stuff with Carolina the last few years with Caleb. And even if they don't make the tournament this year, and it doesn't look like they're going to, we're not going to remember the thud of a finish and the underwhelming first season he had in Chapel Hill. It's going to be the high, and it's going to be the shot he hit in New Orleans. That's what it's going to be. Decades from now. Because we are now more than a decade removed from Austin Rivers' Duke career. That's a name that people know. Why should Blue Devil fans know Austin Rivers' name well? It's not because he was one of the best players in the ACC. I don't think he really was. Like, I'll have to go back and check, but I, I don't think he was first team all ACC. Could be wrong on that. But if memory serves, I, I don't think he was... First team all ACC. I got the list right here. Miami won the league. Rivers actually got the fifth most votes. Okay, so we cracked the list. Maybe that is different than Caleb Love. Is Caleb Love ever considered for first team all ACC? Maybe I'm giving Caleb Love too much credit. Then again, it's easy for Carolina fans to say, well, Austin Rivers obviously never made it to a Final Four. And that's true. So... I think the the analogy isn't perfect, but it holds true that Rivers had that moment in that game. The end result didn't matter so much of where that team ended up. He's an iconic figure because of that shot.
And that's what it is for Caleb. No one's going to ask, well, did he ever end up first team all ACC? Did he ever win a national championship? What did he do with this last two? Oh, he missed the NCAA tournament. No, it's, oh, that's the guy who extinguished Coach K. And that's what takes it to another level. The fact that you win in Cameron and the fact that you hit the shot to beat Coach K in that final four when Armageddon finally happened, he's going to be thought of belovedly. So as frustrated as Carolina fans are right now with Caleb, I don't think that's going to be the sentiment that ages. I think decades from now, 10 years from now, just like where we currently sit from Austin Rivers, people are going to look back fondly, Carolina fans, at what Caleb Love did in Chapel Hill. But that future, it's uncertain. (laughs) Is Austin Rivers still playing basketball right now? I think he is. I don't know what team. This is a off-the-cuff Charles Barkley-type version of who he played for. Do you know who Austin Rivers played for? Minnesota, right? Look at you! How about that? Yeah, Austin Rivers, he still does play in the league, and he plays for Minnesota. Is Caleb Love going to be playing in the NBA 10 years from now? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I don't, so. I don't think so. I don't think so. That might be the other difference. People might know who Austin Rivers is because Austin Rivers played a decade of NBA basketball and still is playing. And Caleb Love, I don't think he's going to make a team. You know what Caleb Love's a lot like? He's like the slot receiver who's undersized that catches a million balls in college. Oh, this is one of the best college pass catchers that there is, but then doesn't make it in the NFL because all he was relied on doing was catching passes in the slot. And turns out teams have a lot of guys who can catch passes, right? But can you play on special teams? Can you play on the outside in addition to the inside? Do you have better traits? Do you look the part? Caleb doesn't look the part of an NBA two guard. He doesn't pass like an NBA two guard. He's not a true point guard. Like he was asked to play his first year. All he does is he's relied on the score and take shots at the end of games. And there aren't (laughs) other teams have guys like that already. Real quickly, let's go to Phil in Greensboro before we take it to the house who wants in on the ACC tournament. We're going to be broadcasting from Greensboro Tuesday through Friday. Phil, go right ahead. Hey, Josh, love the show. Just uh, wanted to comment on how big the wins were last year. And um, as a Carolina fan, I think we got a good decade of, uh, of losses before we, they could balance that out with uh, Coach K's last Cameron game and then obviously the Final Four, which was just unprecedented. Are Carolina fans going to feel the same way that you do, though, if Hubert has another stinker of a season? Uh, meaning this season? Yeah, well, meaning another. Like, right now, this hasn't been so great, but people are still defaulting on what you're saying. Hey, you know, he, last year, you know, we did that. Let's let's kind of give Hubert a break a little bit. If it happens back-to-back years, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm good for at least five years, maybe ten. That's they, what I like. They'll be, uh, they'll be back in the tournament. They seem <laughs> to miss the tournament every decade anyway. So uh, I like that. Uh, thanks for the call, Phil. I'm good for five, maybe ten years. I mean, that's I'm valid. Cool. We, we had 2010, and now this is this one, this decade.